Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to a PCF podcast. We believe listening to the Word of God will change your life. God bless you as you continue listening to this podcast. I did have one of Pastor Steve's old jokes to tell you, but I won't bother now because you, <laughs> you've had it. It's a good one, though. Come on, come on. Go on, you want it? <clears throat> We've just been in Spain and we met a couple there who... Um, told us a wee story. They were just going out for the night and um, the taxi rolled up outside so they came outside and they put the cat out and they started to get in the taxi and the cat ran back in the house. So the wife said, well, look, I'll wait in the taxi, you go and sort it. <clears throat> then she said, we think, she said, I don't want the taxi driver to know there's nobody in the house. So she says to the taxi driver, he's just going in to see my mum, make sure she's all right. <laughs> so the husband then comes out, gets in the car, sits down, she says, is, is everything okay? And he says, aye, he said, the stupid thing was hiding under the bed. I had to poke her with a coat hanger to get her out. <laughs> You've got to tell the truth. <clears throat> well, as I say, we're just back from Spain. And when we go on holiday, we always like to join the local church, wherever we are, and just see what's, see what's happening. And it's one, I just find it wonderful. It's just the grace of God. Wherever you go, you're welcome. You're welcome. And it just reminded me again, we are part of something huge. We're part of something huge. Do you know this day, this very day, over 2 billion people across planet Earth will meet to worship Jesus Christ. 2 billion. That's over a quarter of the world's population. Somebody said to me, Andrew, you're stupid to be a Christian. I said, well, there's 2 billion of us. Maybe you could have a wee think. But isn't it a great thought that we're actually part of something fantastic? So, <clears throat> in this little local expression of a church, we, we started a, a great series last month called Press Into God. And today we've also got the chosen being dedicated, so it's fallen to me to put the two bits together, so, so please help me. Um, if you're a regular part of the congregation, my prayer is that uh, you'll get something from it all, and obviously from the dedication part as well. And likewise, if you just come for the dedication, I hope that our service and our worship will bless you this morning and uh, you'll grow in God a wee bit too. We're going to start off with a little video, and I know it's about dads, but it's relevant for mums. In fact, it's relevant for every single one of us. I'll explain why after we've seen the video. Thank you. Dad. You don't know it right now, but I'm watching you. Watching the things you do. I'm watching the way you treat people. The way you treat me and my mom and my sister. The way you live your life is having a big impact on me. When it's time for me to choose a career and provide for my family, your work ethic will be on my mind. The time you spend with me, even doing simple things, will give me a sense of security. There will be times in my life where I struggle with integrity. 
and I may be not sure what to do. But I will recall how you stood up for what was right, even if you could have looked the other way. Many of the choices you are making, I will also make. Please don't be afraid to show me your failures, to show me your mistakes. I will learn from them. Dad, are you listening? I'm watching. Watching to see if you really believe what you say about God. I need you to help show me the way. Show me how to live life that isn't safe, but is good. So I'm watching you, Dad, every day. You're teaching me how to live. Whether you know it or not. I'm watching you, Dad. I'm watching you, Mum. I'm watching you, Christian. Because Jesus told you, Christian, that you're to be his witness. So we're watching you too. So that applies, I think, to everybody, doesn't it? Isn't it true? So the question for all of us then is, how can we be a good model? How can we do that? Well, for Christians, I think we try to live as the person God made us to be. And to do that means we need to get close to God. We need to stay there as well. And it's not as easy as it sounds. Whether you're talking about relationships, everybody knows, whether it's jobs, whether it's the Christian faith, you've got to keep stuff fresh and vital, haven't you? It's easy to get sluggish. It's easy to get into routine. And I know Christians can get comfortable. All of us can. And we subconsciously develop a checklist. I prayed. Tick. I went to church. Tick. I read a bit of the Bible. Tick. But, you know, checklist Christianity is not what Jesus wants. He wants relationship. He wants relationship. And everybody in this room knows that relationship needs work. You've got to work at it. And even great men of God discovered they had to press in to keep this relationship fresh. I'll give you a couple of examples from the Bible. The Apostle Paul, <clears throat> he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, did a 180-degree turn in his life, followed Jesus. He was directed. He was led. He knew God's presence. He healed the sick. He preached the gospel. Jesus ensured that he had a miraculous escape from prison, that he survived stoning, he survived flogging to death, he survived bandits, he survived shipwreck. He started loads of churches, he wrote half the New Testament of the Bible. So you think, if anybody knew Jesus, this guy would know Jesus. Yet we read here, Philippians 3 verse 10, he says, I want to know Jesus Christ. I want to know Jesus Christ. Why? Because he knew even he had to press on. He had to press in. In the Old Testament, Moses was similar. 
He had an amazing second half to his life. You'd think after face-to-face meetings with God Almighty on top of Mount Sinai, being taught by God himself, being guided by God as he led three million people through the desert, asking God for food and water, which God supplied for 40 years, you'd think he'd be content. But he kept pressing in. And the Bible was very clear on that. At one point, he says to God, imagine the cheek of this, he said to God, hey, God, if you don't come, I'm not going. If you don't come, I'm not going. You can check that out in Exodus 33. And then he asked God to show him more. He said, God, show me your glory. Show me your presence. Show me yourself. Moses wanted more. Even he knew he had to press in. So are we any different? Do we not need to press in as well? The question then is, how do we move from checklist Christianity and go and press in to God? And I think there's something we need to develop. I read it's the number one characteristic of people who achieve anything, and it's called persistence. That's key. And to encourage us today, I just want to look at some practical outworking of this that we see in some characters in the Bible. In Luke chapter 18, Gospel of Luke chapter 18, we read about a judge who didn't care about people, didn't care about God, didn't care about the law, didn't care about justice. <clears throat> and this, there was a widow woman who had a, a, a legal claim. She had a valid case. She had a really strong case. And she came to him. But this guy just ignored her and dismissed it. Wouldn't give her any justice. But this woman came to him again and again, and again, and again, and again, until eventually he caved in, he gave her justice, and she got a result. Why? Because she was intentional about what she was doing. Now, I know there's two ways you can interpret this. I'm going for the intentional. Another speaker, and I'm not looking at anyone in particular here, might reference Proverbs 27.15, which says, a nagging woman... Is like a dripping roof on a rainy day. Drip, 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 drip. Till eventually you say yes. Why are you looking at me like that, Kier? <laughs> but I wouldn't, I wouldn't go in that direction because I value my life. So, and, and my wife. So the first thing I want to say is this woman was intentional. She pressed in, didn't she? And we need to be intentional as well. And the good news is, God isn't like that judge. We've got an open door to God, as we'll explain a little bit later on. The second example I want to give is from Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. There's a woman who is bleeding underneath for for 12 years. She tried everything. The doctors couldn't help, spent all her money. And so she had this physical issue. But there was, it was worse because there was a social issue as well too and a practical issue because her condition made her unclean under Jewish law. So she wasn't even allowed to go out and mix with people. She was socially isolated. But one day she heard about Jesus. She sneaked out. She saw him surrounded by crowds on his way somewhere. And somehow she battled through her fear of breaking the law. She broke the law. I'm not quoting this to encourage you to break the law. But when I was preparing, I was reminded that both my granddaughters, the older ones, 
sing a wee song from a certain musical that says, sometimes you've got to be a little bit naughty. <laughs> you had it too. So that's what she did. But she battled. She battled through her fear. She battled through the crowd. She battled through her, her concern about being seen and humility. Look at that. She's out. She shouldn't be out. She battled past Jesus' disciples. She touched his robe and he noticed and she got healed. So as well as being intentional, I would say she was pretty determined, wasn't she? She battled through. She was determined. So there's the first two things we see, intentional and determined. She had to do that to press in. Then in Mark chapter 10, there's another brilliant story, and um, I'll, <clears throat> I'll try and read this for you. Jesus and his disciples came to Jericho, and together with a large crowd, they were leaving the city, and a blind man called Bar- Bartimaeus, who's the son of Timaeus, I always think it's a bit like, like I'm a MacDonald, so it's like a, Mac means son of, son of Donald, and they have Bar. You ever notice that? Bartimaeus. Anyway, never mind. <laughs> when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, started to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, told him to be quiet. Shut up, they said. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man and said, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. So he threw his cloak aside, jumped to his feet, came to Jesus. Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see you. And Jesus said, go, your faith has healed, healed you. So immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus along the road. <clears throat> well, can you ever, just, do you ever, when you're reading stories like that, just picture being there? When the, you ever go, did you just see what I saw? Is that Bartimaeus? It's just the most incredible thing. But he got there. And in order to get there, he had to be intentional. He had to be determined. There was something else he had to do. He had to ignore the detractors. He had to ignore diversions. He ignored people that were saying, stop it, shut up. He ignored them and he pressed on and did it. Sometimes we've got to do that, to press in to meet with Jesus. And there's loads of stories I could give, but here's just one more. And this is recorded in three of the Gospels. Um, Jesus is in the middle of teaching some people, and it says, um, people were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. <laughs> when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these little ones. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, he put his hands on them, and he blessed them. I love this story. Jesus was indignant. <laughs> Imagine the disciples said, shut up, he's trying to teach here. Stop, don't interrupt him. And he was indignant about it. And he insisted they came to him and he blessed them. So here... They had to focus on Jesus. They were intentional, they were determined, they ignored the detractors, the, 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 the diversions, and they focused on Jesus. That's all they had eyes for. We've got to get to him. And that's what we need when we are pressing in as well. So there's four very quick ideas this morning, <clears throat> which I hope will be useful to you. My, my, um, my laptop froze recently, and um, 
I don't know if everyone's got the same solution I have to these things. What do you do? Switch it off. <laughs> you switch it off and switch it on again, and it restarts and it resets and it reboots itself. And I want to suggest today is maybe some people here need to reboot their lives. Maybe in terms of you're a Christian already, is in terms of saying, yeah, I need to press into Jesus. Maybe if you're not a Christian, it's, it's, it's time to say, hang on, these two billion people, can they all be wrong? Maybe there's something in this. And submit your life to him as well. Have a reboot for the rest of your life. And you can, you can develop this perseverance. And you can be intentional. You can be determined. You can ignore detractors. You can ignore the diversions as well and just focus on him. I hope you're encouraged by that last story as well. It's crystal clear on Jesus' attitude to children. They're valued and they're loved. I know sometimes they're a P-A-I-N. <laughs> uh, or a large one. But um, they are valued and loved. But the main thing I want you to see in these stories that I was giving there, there's a common theme. When people pressed in to Jesus... He welcomed them. He welcomed them every time. And what I want to say this morning is he will welcome you as well as you seek to press in. Here's one of my favorite scriptures from Hebrews 4 and verse 16. It's coming up now. Approach the throne of grace with confidence. You don't, you don't come saying, oh, it's not going to work. You come with confidence. He's, in, he's the one who's invited you. Hello? He's invited you, so you come. The throne of grace. It's a throne of grace. It's not a throne of punishment. It's not a throne of, hey, you're guilty. It's not a throne of, hey, you're useless. It's not a throne of, you'll never be any good. It's the throne of grace. So we approach the throne of grace with confidence so we might receive mercy. God, we all need mercy, don't we? And find grace to help you in your time of need. That's brilliant. Brilliant scripture, isn't it? So, if you need a reset today, there's a good prayer to start with. Just that scripture. It's such an encouragement for every person here. We're going to pray that shortly as we bless the children. But first, we're going to praise God again. One of the great values in this church is, is worship. We want to praise the Lord. He's worthy of it. So we do it. 